Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fixed. Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash modern mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love mama. Welcome to the Modern Mamas Podcast. We're two modern mamas with the goal to inspire, empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for another awesome episode. I am personally thrilled for a number of reasons to have our wonderful guest on today. She's a good friend. We actually kind of have a funny backstory as to how we met. So selfishly, it's great to have a full hour to just get to chat and catch up. But then also I'm pumped because she's bringing to the table some incredible wisdom and insight and perspective that I think everyone, male, female, any gender, any perspective, any place in, in this season of life could really benefit from. So welcome today. I'm super pumped to welcome Rachel Wakely. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so good to have you here. I'm going to read your bio and then we can kind of just like dive right in. I know we have so much to talk about and I would love to kind of talk about how our friendship started too, because I think that's a fun story. <laughs> but Rachel is a group fitness instructor and personal trainer from San Luis Obispo on a mission to empower women through fitness. She's tired of fitness being a space of punishment. Fitness should be a space where we can celebrate our bodies. And she believes that fitness can be the ultimate expression of self-love, giving ourselves space to be challenged. But on the other side of that challenge is growth and celebration. She knows that every woman should be able to experience this life-changing shift. Rachel helps women become more confident, take more risks, and live the life they truly want to live. Unlike most fitness programs, which focus on weight loss and use that as a lure, she focuses on connection and the whole person, helping to reconnect women to who they are, which I just love all of that. It gives me chills. I'm grateful to have been a part of your journey and kind of coming to this place in some capacity. And I'm just so happy to have you here. So welcome. I'm so happy to have you here and super pumped to get to share your voice with our audience. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's gonna be awesome. Okay, sweet. So our history goes back. I think we should just chat about that real quick before I ask you kind of our icebreaker question. But I used to teach at Archbishop Midi High School in San Jose. And my first year there, I was like fresh out of school, what, maybe 21, 22. And you were a senior at the school I was teaching, which is so fun. And then to be able to reconnect years later, trying to think like how we really reconnected. Was it through social media? I think it was through Instagram. Instagram. I followed you and then you recognized me and then it kind of went from there. Yeah. So cool. And now full circle having some tea, we get to chat pretty often. And I feel like now I get to learn so much from you on a regular basis, which I just am so grateful for. So before we dive into all of the goodness for the episode, 
an icebreaker question as we head into the holiday season. I think that a lot of people just assume that like the holidays are great for everyone, but I know for most people, myself included, they can be complicated. So first question is, are you looking forward to the holidays this year? And if so, what are you most excited about? And then also, is there anything that you're not excited about? Yeah, I definitely agree that the holidays aren't always the most amazing time for everyone. So I'm not 100% looking forward to it. For me, it's like I was an I was the child of a single parent, so it was just the two of us. So it's like on Christmas Day, it's just boring for me because I just want to be doing something and there's nothing to do because everything's closed. But I am looking forward to going to see my mom and going home to the Bay Area and being able to share those traditions that my mom and I created with my partner and kind of be able to continue to blend our little families. Oh, that's so cool. Is this one of the first times he's been home? for the holidays with you? Yeah, this will be the second year, but I think just being able to continue to show him, like we usually go to Santa Cruz and go watch all the surfers and take the dogs to the beach. This year we'll actually be able to take his dog. So it'll really, I think he'll be more invested this time. That's cool. I love it. Uh, That's like, that brings back fond memories for Evie's first Christmas. We were living in Santa Cruz and we did that. We took the dogs on a walk on on West Cliff and watched the surfers and all that. So how special. I love that. Anything you're not looking forward to, I guess? (laughs) Oh, well, I currently work in retail, Uh, so I'm really not looking forward to that. And just kind of like the awkwardness that comes with your boyfriend meeting your parent and like, yeah, just sitting around at home and not really knowing what to do with ourselves. (laughs) I, yes, I can remember that. And I can also relate. We're... We're not going to go home for Christmas this year. We're going to stay up here in the Pacific Northwest, but we're going back for Thanksgiving. So it'll be nice. Thanksgiving is kind of like short and sweet and we have our traditions and then back up here to, like you said, kind of start our new, our own traditions. And I love that. I remember too, like super fondly when Rusty slowly started to get integrated into our family's traditions and then we also creating our own new ones and it's a special time. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Well, Now let's dive into the goods here. So I would love it if you could kind of just give our listeners some backstory. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, how you got into doing this work and just kind of like the, you know, and this could be a short, as long as you want, but I'd love to hear more even myself, but I know our listeners would as well. Yeah. So I think it starts like as a child, I was always pretty, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I always kind of need something to do. So I was really active as a child and I played volleyball pretty competitively until I started high school actually. And I quit doing that. And then I started doing something called CrossFit. And through that journey, I kind of, it was really, I think, powerful as a 14 year old girl to start doing something like lifting weights and stuff like that. Cause that just wasn't a thing when I was that age. And it gave me this powerful appreciation for my body and what it could do. And I kind of used it as a tool because unfortunately, as you get older and go through high school and through college, I think your body image and your sense of self-worth kind of gets to be challenged more and more. And I use that as a tool throughout those phases of my life to kind of appreciate my body. And toward the end of college, I started coaching here in San Luis Obispo, which I'm super grateful that I even got the opportunity to do that. But it kind of created this struggle for me because I noticed that a lot of people that come into a gym are coming in there usually with a goal in mind. And a lot of times it's with an aesthetic goal in mind or they want to lose weight. 
sometimes they even have a goal of maybe lifting this much weight. And while I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with having those kinds of goals, it for me, it just I saw a lot of women in particular just really not understanding how to celebrate themselves and how to feel confident and how to be happy. The gym was just kind of this space of punishment where they didn't want to be. And for me, it's always been this amazing place where I can reconnect with myself, where I can feel better, where I can kind of shake off some of the stress of my day. And for them, it was just not that. And I decided not that long after that I didn't really want to work at that job anymore. And then I was going to do my own thing and work with women specifically so that we can re kind of reclaim the gym and reclaim our bodies and look at fitness in a different way. And I just really think that the fitness industry at the moment is really good at preying on women specifically and teaching them that their body isn't good enough. And that if you come buy whatever product we're selling, then we will make your body good enough and you'll finally be happy. But it really doesn't work that way because there's really, once they get to whatever goal they're at, that they're still not happy with themselves. And I want to teach them how to be happy with themselves no matter where they are in their season of life. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I love that. I'm like jotting down notes because I take pull quotes for our episodes and I'm like, okay, well, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> I think it's spot on. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I really, I kind of got chills when you said we can uh, reclaim the gym and reclaim our bodies because I know personally I came from, you know, in college and when I also found CrossFit, like I was in such a disordered relationship with fitness and I used it as a control mechanism and I used it to like, I was so desperately, I went from wanting to be like small as a runner to, I wanted to be like super, I just was constantly trying to change the way my body looked. And you know, now it's taken years, but I feel like I'm in the best place I've ever been with my body. So I, I can so relate to this. And I know that it's such a complicated, convoluted conversation and hard to, to help get women there. And so I'm super pumped that you're doing this work because it's not for the pain of heart and you're up against obviously a whole system that's pretty broken. So I'm just grateful that you're here doing it and sharing it and helping so many women along the way. So thank you for doing the work. Yeah, it's super satisfying. It's just because when I was at that one gym that I was working at, I was, they had this program to help people get in the door where they would have them do this challenge for six weeks and eat. Pretty much the challenge was if you lose X amount of weight, then we give you your money back. If you don't lose the weight, then you're kind of $500 out the door. And it is just it, the, compare, that compared to what I'm doing now is just so much more gratifying. It just makes my heart beat. Whereas that was just kind of like pulling teeth, Ugh. pulling teeth and like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> I just can't even imagine. And I, and I, you know, you know that I know that gym and I was actually talking to Rusty about it this morning and just like how tough that must have been. I can't imagine having been in that environment, especially knowing what you know and and you know being who you are and everything. But then at the same time, so much and you know, so much good has come from that and that you are now pushed to and driven to and passionate about the work that you are doing, which is the obviously the antithesis. But it's rough to have to have gone through that and see how that's impacted so many people now that now you get to help kind of turn around and shift their perspective to the exact opposite. Yeah. The whole like earning your money like you're you're earning money by losing body fat and weight that's so it's just to me it feels so backwards but I think that's because I'm in a different you and I you're in a different perspective when it comes to all of this but for most people that would be the norm and like what a cool idea what a fun challenge so yeah yeah and it places this like 
it, it makes it seem like you're more worthy of love and appreciation when you're smaller. Mm-hmm. And then did you see some of the people at that gym kind of spiral after that challenge into yeah, maybe disordered? It, it, never, it never works. Yeah. So you, you lose the 20 pounds, but then you gain it back and then some mm. a few months later and you don't, it's not teaching any, that kind of system is not teaching anything about creating healthy habits or making the gym a part of your life and your lifestyle. All it's teaching is like, okay, if I want to lose this weight again, I need to go back on this really restricted diet. I saw that a lot. Like Mm -hmm. they'd gain it back and then some, and then let's say they have their wedding coming up and they have feel this pressure that they want to be back at that size they were at. So they need to go back on that diet or that whatever Mm -hmm. so that they can get wherever they want. So it's just showing to me, it's not teaching you anything about feeling good in your body. It's just kind of teaching you that this works really quickly to get you where you think you want to be. And I like that you finished that with where you think you want to be, because I imagine you found that a lot of people thought there was this end goal and that I'm going to be happy when I, when I weigh this much or lose this number, this, this percentage or this number of pounds. But did you often see that that brought happiness? No, it never does. And I even have that. I have that experience with my own body. Like I have been smaller than I am now. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately I used to track macros, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh yeah. And I had a coach and I would have to take progress photos every week and send my check-in to them. And unfortunately they're still on my phone and it's very complicated to get them off. Like you can't just press delete. I have to like go onto my computer. So they're still there, but I look at those pictures and it's like, you would think that that at that time I would be so happy because of the way I looked, but I was miserable Mm. and I, I was still unhappy with myself and the way I looked. And on top of that, I was exhausted and unhappy for other reasons. So it really wasn't, it wasn't really where I wanted to be. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. And I've been there too. It's just like, I lose a certain amount of weight and then it just becomes obsessive and that's all you can think about. And there's such a loss of freedom and and joy. Yeah. The loss of freedom is huge. Like imagine, and it's hard to remember back now, (laughs) like imagine going, you know, going to restaurants and just like the, I remember it now, like the internal turmoil, like what am I going to order? What's going to fit within these numbers? What is going to, you know, just getting so obsessive and dogmatic about it. It's truly like the thief of joy. So yeah yeah I just posted this on my story yesterday about like I remember because I was like in my early 20s when I was doing this and I mean I'm still in my early 20s but I had just turned 21 and I remember like wanting to go out for a drink with friends like having to fit the alcohol macro Mm -hmm. into my whole day was just a disaster because it it just it was just a whole disaster because I couldn't eat in order to fit the alcohol in I couldn't eat all day because I didn't have enough macros to fit it for the day. So I pretty much just starve all day so I could go have like two drinks with friends, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And then I bet the alcohol hits you that much harder too. (laughs) Yes. Any food in your, sounds great. And, and that's crazy because for so many people and professionals, like that's what they say is the pillar of health is like weigh and measure everything, track everything. But then you say that aloud and that to me, it just like, I'm like kind of smacked in the face. Like that sounds so unhealthy. Yeah, it sounds so healthy because then it eventually turned because I want to eat. So it turned into me never going anywhere with friends. So Mm. I became I became really antisocial because, of course, I don't want to go places because of the stress 
that going out to eat causes me. And again, taking the joy and then taking relationships. And then we can take that a whole nother level with mental health, where now you're not getting that interaction with people that you love because you have to eat a certain way to look a certain way. And then you're not even going to go see the people who are going to see you change the way you look. It's, it's a wild, vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know like some of the stuff is, it runs deep and it's heavy and it's complicated. And I know for myself, you know, having gone through disordered eating and gone through disordered relationship with food or fitness in the past, I'm in a really wonderful place. I love my body more than I ever have, but I don't think we ever fully, at least I, I can speak for myself. I don't think I'll ever fully, fully just be like rid of any of those thoughts ever. Right. They still trickle back in every once in a while. And, and I wonder how much of that is just like innate humanity and how much of that is societally learned because I feel like it's ingrained in us since the moment we're, we're born really. I know it really is. Yeah. Super intense. Okay. Yeah. And we, I'm sure you've seen that kind of permeating the, the industry that you're in too with ads. And like you were saying, like shakes and supplements and all of these things, like constantly just being hammered in that you are not good enough as you are because otherwise there's no money to be made. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to touch to on, I love like big and bold across your website. It says authentic, bold, powerful, feminine. And so I kind of wanted to dive a little bit into like what drives your work and your passion. What is your vision for, for your work that you're doing? And like, why does this matter so much to you? I think it matters a lot to me just because I think we can all look at our younger self and what we would want for her. And I don't know, I look at like my 14 year old self that was already dieting and couldn't couldn't really eat all the things that I felt like my friend wanted to. And I kind of want to do this for her because I just, I want to create a world. Let's say if I do choose to have children or let's say your little Evie, like I want a world where she doesn't feel like she's not enough and where she doesn't feel like she has to change things about herself to be the great, amazing woman she will be. She can feel like she's enough with what she's been given to go through this world. So that's really what drives me is I want, I want little girls like me to feel like they're enough. I'm like holding back tears. <laughs> that's so powerful. Cause that's all I want for her too. And you know, I remember being in junior high and already having like junior high early into high school. And I just remember it shifting, like right when I got my period and all of a sudden I started to develop and I was like, how do I stop this? Like, I don't want to be getting bigger. I don't want my body to be changing. I want to stay small because that's what's expected of me. And I had like nicknames as a kid. I was so tiny. So I was like, I was mini. I was peewee. I was like, I had all these little like names about my size, which were at the time, obviously thought to be harmless and they were out of love and whatnot. But I look back now, I'm like, man, that resonated. That stuck with me. I identified with that. And how little was I to have like, you know, to have all of that stuff internalized. So I love that you look back at your younger self and look forward to our kids now, these little girls who hopefully have a different narrative that they're hearing for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy how like the little things we hear when we're so young, how they stick with us. Like I have very curly hair and I was always, everyone always called my hair poofy. And I don't think the little kids Mm. thought that there was anything wrong with calling my hair poofy, but like it still like stings if I hear that today, which is crazy. Yeah. And I love the way that you're embracing your hair. I know you just got it styled and I was like envious because it just, it looks so awesome. Thank you. I know it's, that's a journey too. I bet there's, I mean, so many things about our physicality and our aesthetics that, uh, that's a, and that's, I mean, that hits a whole nother level deeper, I'm sure for you. So if we want to someday dive more into that, we can, or today, whatever, wherever this takes us. But I just appreciate you sharing so candidly about all of it and doing the work that you're doing, as I keep saying. So I wanted to touch also on, we kind of coming back to our previous conversation around 
diet and nutrition and especially like that ridiculous, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, that ridiculous fitness, whatever challenge at the gym. And you've been sharing a lot recently about this concept of undieting. And you wrote a quote that I I screenshotted to keep because it stuck with me and I wanted to remember it. And it says, undieting means ditching the diet rules that make eating so complicated. The ones that dictate what you can and can't eat. The ones that cause you to choose what you should have rather than what you really want. The ones that make you think that you'd never eat healthy foods without these rules imposed upon you. And I was hoping you could dive a little bit more deeply into that, this whole concept of undieting, what it means to you and, and how you're sharing that with your audience and the people that you're working with. Yeah, it's honestly kind of a new concept to me, probably a few months old that I've been trying it. I don't, I will be the first person to say, I don't, I don't feel like I have a good relationship with food and I don't want to, I don't want to subject that to somebody else. So I'm really, I'm just sharing what I'm doing, but I don't, I'm not trying to tell anybody that this is what they should be doing. Cause I just am exploring it for myself. But to me, it's the idea that I just kind of want to eliminate all of the rules that I've learned about food. Like I think about like when I first started dieting, I was probably like 14 starting paleo. And from there on, all the rules that I've learned about either good foods and bad foods. And then with macros, it was like a good amount of food or bad food. And I just learned that there are good ways to eat and there are bad ways to eat. And I want to be able to just eliminate all of that for myself. And it, I think it hopefully will lean into the idea of intuitive eating at some point, but I want to be able to, like I'm drinking hot chocolate right now, drink hot chocolate and not feel any guilt about it. And if I go eat a salad for lunch, I want to eat the salad because the salad sounds good. Like just leaning into what sounds good for me and being able to listen to what my body wants, not what I think I should be having. Hi friends, Laura here. Also, shroom lover. (laughs) If you've been following me for long, you know that I love myself some shrooms in the morning, and I am super excited that Four Sigmatic is now offering a really, really rad ground mushroom coffee with both lion's mane and chaga. It's totally shifted my mornings. I find that typical coffee leaves me anxiety prone, a little bit extra stressed out, and feeling like I'm spinning my wheels, but not actually being productive. This coffee is very, very different. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. If you don't know, Four Sigmatic is a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee. So chaga is the king of mushrooms. And right now, chaga is actually my favorite because it's boosting immunity, it's making me feel good, and that in combination with lion's mane, which helps give me a brain boost, really makes for an awesome day. I'm super excited right now to let you know that we've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling brand new Lion's Mane Coffee. This is just for the Modern Mamas podcast listeners. Because we love you, you can receive up to 39% off their best-selling Lion's Mane Coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com slash modernmamas. This offer is not available on their regular website. Go to F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash modern mamas and fuel your your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. The full discount will be applied at checkout. Enjoy. Happy shrooming. Powerful. That sounds like intuitive eating to me. I I think that's really cool. I also appreciate that you're, you know, with the caveat of like you're on a journey, which we all are. And I love that you're sharing it as you go through it, because that's the hardest sometimes and the most vulnerable time to share that stuff is when you're actually in it versus like, when you're on the other side and you've already learned the lessons and you come out, you know, full circle. <laughs> so I, I applaud you for sharing while you're, while you're in it. 
And I think it's powerful to me reading more about what it is and like hearing you share your journey, that it's really kind of taking the morality out of food as well. Like foods are no longer good or bad. There's no should or shouldn't. It's more just like actually tuning in. And like you said, like eating the salad because you, you, you actually want it and you're craving it and you know that it's going to nourish you. There's a lot of power in that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's definitely not a perfect process, but it's just crazy. The things that I'm just now noticing, like all of these, yeah, like moralities. I'm, I used to think about food and being able to let go of those things is very freeing. And you think it's a little radical, but it is very freeing. Yeah. It's crazy too that undieting in our current society and in the current like fitness industry would be considered radical. It, it is radical, but it's wild that that's how far we've come where like this idea of eating intuitively and not moralizing food is a radical concept. Yeah. Especially, you know, and like you said, you know, in the industry that you're in and the shift that you've made. And I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit too. So coming out of the previous gym and moving into your own work, what are some of the main things that you're doing that you would kind of consider be, to be the antithesis of what was going on at the, the other gym that you were at? Like, what did you, what are some of the biggest lessons you took from that first gym that now you're bringing into your own work? And you think that, you know, if most gyms could be doing it a better job. I don't want to say right or wrong, but better serving, especially women better. What are some of the main things that you are steering away from and shifting gears in? I think the undieting is huge. Like the idea of eating what feels good is just so crazy in a gym setting. And I have, to be perfectly honest, I've gained a little bit of weight and, but I'm, I'm almost like proud of it. Cause I feel like it's, I'm just really stepping, I'm stepping away from this fat phobia that I've felt my whole life. Like I've, I've always been on the bigger side of like in my classes, I was always a big girl. I was always really tall. I was always really strong. And I've always felt like there was something wrong with that. And I'm really like stepping into being proud of the way that I look and the way that my body looks. And I'm, I'm not afraid of it. So I think that is radical is being okay with the fact that I am healthy, but I may not look like what healthy, what people think healthy looks like. And going from intuitive eating to like intuitive movement and doing moving the way that sounds good for me in that moment. So some days it's lifting a barbell, some days it's getting my heart rate really high, but other days it's going to the beach with the dog and walking up the beach a few times while I throw the ball for her and kind of learning to listen to my body and understand that more does not necessarily equal better. That's powerful. That's amazing the way those two things can align and, and relate and like just existing more intuitively. And I love that because I know, you know, having myself having a CrossFit background, it's very, it's a, I had a similar mindset for so long. It's like, if I didn't go to the gym and do like a certain amount of cardio and then hit a Metcon and then also lift and spend at least a couple hours in there, like it wasn't, if I didn't do all of that, I wasn't even working out. I was basically, it was like a, a active recovery day or whatever, which is so bogus because we are designed as humans to move all day throughout the day and different capacities and to tune into our bodies and whatnot. So I appreciate that. And I don't know who's listening who might have needed to hear that, but it definitely resonates with me. Like walking along the beach and throwing the ball for your dog is movement. It is fitness. It is, you know, powerful and important and it counts if you need to hear that. But that whole concept of like, does it count? Does it not count? Is it fitness? Is it not? Do I, did I like earn my protein shake or whatever it is or my food, the whole like earning, you know, meals and whatnot is again, so backwards. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And talking more about fitness, you kind of have coined or have shared this concept of fitness is coming home. Is that correct? Or movement is coming home? I think it's fitness is coming home. Yeah. Can you dive in a little deeper to what you mean by that? Oh, yeah. So for me, when I say that fitness feels like coming home, for me, the first place I'll always go to when I think about that is if you like close your eyes and imagine like what is the way that of moving your body that just makes your heart sing like you just feel so safe and comfortable. For me, it's lifting a barbell. And I think it always has been. I think it always will be. And yeah, it's just this place where I feel so comfortable. I know exactly what I'm doing. I like, I feels like I'm writing a symphony when I'm lifting a barbell. Like it just is so powerful and it's like poetry. And I, it's this place where I just feel like it's a power of being connected to your body when you feel like you know exactly what you're doing and everything just feels right is when you feel connected to your body. And I challenge people to find what that is for them because I think going back to the gym being a space of punishment, when you walk into a gym or any sort of fitness space and you're there with the intent of punishing yourself, you become so disconnected from yourself and your body that you don't truly know what feels good or what you want. But when you allow it to be this place where you want to be there and where you're there because it feels good, you're able to create this connection. And if I feel disconnected with myself in any way, like I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, coming back to the barbell is always a place where I'll be able to leave feeling at least a little bit more connected to myself than I did when I walked in. That's so powerful. I, I, it makes me wonder, like the first question that came to mind, you know, is a lot of people are going to the gym and like they're taking a class. And so they show up and they're like, kind of brain is off. And this is my moment to disconnect and not think and de-stress. But then that creates a complication where it's a little bit harder to tune into what your body's asking for when you're just being led for an hour. So do you have thoughts on, on that? So let's say like, I've, I've been taking CrossFit classes now, but I've been doing it for so long that I know if I'm walking in and I'm like, hey, I'm feeling this certain way today. I'm going to talk to the coach. So I like, what are your thoughts around that and people who are taking classes? Because there is the the fun component to that. But I, you know, what are your thoughts on folks who, who are just taking class? How can they better tune in and still seek that like finding home coming home? I think it all just depends for me, at least the intent of why you're going in there. Like I've been taking some classes too. And I don't think there's anything wrong with like, you know, what? I just need I need this and I'm going to come in here and I'm going to turn my brain off and I'm going to have this person help me walk through the next hour because when you're looking at why they're walking in they're walking in with an understanding of themselves that they need to turn off like I'm a kind of person my bra- my brain is always going and I I can resonate with wanting to just turn off but that starts with the intention of listening to my body and what it needs what I think it's a fine line. What I think can be can turn into a little troublesome is walking in with a clear intention, but with a clear intention of not listening to what my body needs. Like, yeah, like walking in with the intention of pushing through. Basically, I'm going to do this workout yeah. no matter what. Yeah, it is. It's such a fine line because I think sometimes pushing through is important. Like some days I don't, I don't want to be doing what I'm doing, but I know that I will feel better. Mm-hmm when I do, or if we're doing something really hard, like I think about if I went and pushed a sled for 400 meters, that would be really stinking hard. (laughs) And there's going to be a point at which I need to push through to get 
to get to the other side and get the desired outcome. And for me, the desired outcome of like a long sled push like that is to show myself that I can do really hard things. So it is a fine line. I just think sometimes like the other side of pushing through is like, let's say you're just, you're a student, you're, you're at school nine to five, and then you're coming into the gym at five 30 and you're exhausted and you're going to go do this hour long workout with like a thousand repetitions of something that maybe that form of pushing through isn't the most healthy, but you need to evaluate that for yourself. Gosh, I appreciate that bit so much. Cause I think we have come to this place where sometimes the people don't want to really take responsibility and authority for their, for owning their bodies and knowing their bodies and being in tune with their bodies. And so I'm so, I'm so happy you said that because it really resonates with me. It's like, it's up to us. It's up to you to be able to go into the gym and, and tune in a little bit. What does your body need? And and then also like the pushing through, right? Pushing through and being able to do hard things versus pushing through because you want to burn the extra calories. Like those are so different. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I'm trying to find the post that I reposted, but I will find it eventually. This girl that I follow on Instagram, she's a like body positive fitness influencer. And she posted something along the lines of like, when you are specifically in fitness or movement, when you're doing something that you really don't want to be doing and you have no place doing and you're pushing through something that maybe you should be listening to, it ends up showing up in ugly ways. Like Mm. the first one I think of is you get injured, you burn out and then eventually you ruin it for yourself. Yeah. And then you never want to come back in. Yeah. Because the motivation is potentially a little bit backwards. It's not actually serving you. Your motivation isn't to love on yourself. It's to, be different for somebody else, the extrinsic versus intrinsic, really. Yeah. I love that. Then I saw that you, you asked a question on one of your posts and it was, uh, if, if it made zero impact on your body weight, size or shape, would you continue to exercise the way you do now? And I'm curious to know, you know, if you've, if you've asked that question more often, if you've gotten some answers to that and, and just like, what, what is it about that, that question? Like why ask that? What's the thought there? That's like a perfect example of like coming home. Like it's asking like, is what you're doing really serving you or are you doing it because you think you should be doing it it was funny because the overwhelming response and I think people that like the movement they're doing are obviously going to follow other people that like what they're doing so my overwhelming response was that yes I would continue to do what I'm doing which made my heart really happy it shows that shows that I'm doing good things but yeah it just if you answer no to that question I think there's some self-exploration to be done. Like why, why wouldn't you be doing, why, what would you be doing instead? And why are you doing that now? This, I, this concept of like what you just shared brought to mind for me, identity and this crisis that I know I've experienced and I've seen other people experience. And I'm wondering if you have too, kind of like when people get so immersed in this like diet culture and fitness and their gym and their community there and their wad every day and tracking their scores and all of that, that they lose any sight of who they are outside of those things, which can make it super scary to let go of any of that because now it's become your identity. And I'm wondering if that's something that you've experienced or that you've seen with your clients or at the old gym. Oh yeah, I definitely have experienced that. It's, it's crazy. Like I, cause we talked about this a few months ago, like CrossFit recently underwent a huge shift in its business. And I was thinking about like, what if this had happened two or three years ago, like I would have been so lost having watched that happen because I wouldn't have known who I was without CrossFit. Yeah, I 
I totally had a lifestyle where my whole entire life revolved around fitness. I didn't have any friends outside that didn't go to the gym. I tracked my macros all the time. So I rarely did anything social because I was afraid of not hitting my macros. I was in the gym a couple hours a day and then I would go to school and, but I would just be thinking about, I would wake up and then like think about the workout in my first class all day and then go do the workout. And then when I got back, I would think about my score. It was just, my whole life was wrapped around it. And I could, I think you could argue in some ways, maybe I need needed that given what was going on in my life at the time, but it's just not healthy because when CrossFit underwent that huge shift, like how many people do you want to bet just felt completely lost when their gyms started disaffiliating and changing their names? Like that's, that's scary. Like that, that becomes like betrayal on a deep level and yeah. And scary. And then you're, if you're at the gym and your only friends are at the gym and then there's, it's almost like this enabling too, this enabling pattern because you don't have anyone who's like checking in like, Hey, you know, I know you outside of the gym and that part of you is getting lost, but if your whole yeah. circle is in that same sphere, it's can be really, really easy to lose the other important magical parts of ourselves. Yeah. And I don't want to argue because I, I really am all about the value of the community mm-hmm. that gyms bring. That's why I fell in love with that style of fitness. And so I don't want to undermine that because when I was in high school, I was going through a lot emotionally. So I, so I was at the gym a few hours every day after school. And I, I would argue that I needed that. And that helped me get through high school. So I'm not trying to criticize people whose entire lives revolve around the gym. Like they, they need that in some way. I just would like to open up the, the idea that maybe we could move toward a place where we don't always need that. Yeah. I appreciate that. And again, it comes back to the ownership thing. Like it's not the community's fault if you've lost sight of who you are. That's something that like we we need to own and like refine who we are yeah. outside of it. And there's a lot of power in that. And I know for myself, like when I started realizing, like, oh, you know, I I lost the fact that I, I love to read and I hiking and I want to spend more of my day outside than inside. And now all of a sudden, I'm spending hours in the gym when I could be out in nature and traveling. And you know, I got to the point where I was so obsessive about it that travel was complicated because this is when Rusty and I were like relatively newly dating maybe like a year or so in and we I remember going we took a trip to Tahoe and I like had to dial in like where was the gym can we do drop-ins like just planning everything around fitness and losing really and it's not that those years of my life were awful I had I experienced so much joy you know I met my now husband like there was good that came from those years I would never say that there wasn't but I look back down like man I was in it and I was obsessed and I definitely missed out on opportunities and other you know kind of lost the side of who I was outside of fitness for a bit, but I'm back and trajectory is huge, right? Like you go through those things and then you can learn from it and then share with other people to hopefully not have that story kind of repeat itself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Powerful stuff. So, you know, we talked about fitness is coming home. We talked a little bit about the industry. What do you see as being like, if you were to kind of nail it down with one or two things in the, in the fitness industry and in the nutrition industry, which is all, they're all like kind of in bed together, but what would you say is the biggest maybe one or two like things that you would love to see shift first, like the very two top things that you want to see change. If you could go in right now with it, like a a hammer and just like shatter it, what would the two things be? I think number one would be stop selling products or programs, anything in that realm that promise to change 
something about that person as far as their appearance goes. Yeah. Stop selling products or programs that promise to change somebody's appearance. I think that would, if that could start happening, that would just, if we could like ban that, that would be huge for me. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. That's huge. Hi friends, Laura here with a quick break to tell you a little bit about one of our absolute favorite products and companies. Our friends at Paleo Valley are on a mission to help people reclaim vibrant health, providing products that prioritize nutrient density in an industry that prioritizes everything else. They believe that every dietary choice and every added ingredient is a powerful opportunity to love and care for ourselves. And we couldn't agree more. I love the Organ Complex and Sea Serum for everyday holistic health support. And the beef and turkey sticks are our favorite travel essentials when we're out in the van. And right now we are digging the super greens. They're organic, they're non-GMO, and they contain the actual ingredients that you can use that aren't going to cause inflammation. And right now you can get 15% off of your Paleo Valley order with the code MODERNMAMAS. Check it out. And how do you think we got to the place? Like, this is where I struggle too, is thinking about how did we get to the place where it's come to that? <laughs> is it all money? Is it, I, I just, I like, I struggle with that a little bit too. Is it the patriarchy? Like, there's so many things that I think about. I'm like, man, how do we get to the place where we, especially women are sold this lie of we have to buy this thing to look a certain way or this lie that we have to look a certain way, period. I struggle so much with that daily. And like you said, like, I don't want Evie to have to deal with that. So I'm like, where's the hammer? How do we shatter? <laughs> How do we shatter that mindset now? We should teach like a like high school class on this. Like this should be required, like yes. required in high school. Yes. I, I couldn't agree more. Like PE should be also more on like body awareness and consent. We could go on a whole conversation there, but then also like you are worthy. Your body is worthy. However it is, however it looks, all of that. <sighs> it's so, so powerful. And I get chills thinking about it because ultimately like it's, I see it as being my responsibility to be the help be the change for Evie and have her perspective be so different from how mine was at that age. And I'm not, it's not a comment on my parents. I'm not, I'm talking about me and what I'm going to own and like my responsibility. And so I just, I love that you're sharing this and that we're having this conversation because it's not happening often enough. I don't think. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like I've talked with my therapist. There's a book out there about fat phobia and like kind of where the ideal body, where the, the body ideal comes from. And I'll have to share the book with you whenever I decide to read it. But she's told me that it really talks about how the body ideal is really rooted in racism and how mm. where BMI came about. And that was also really rooted in racism because he was the person that created it was a mathematician basing it off of like German white men. Mm. So the way that we base like who is fat and obese and normal weight and underweight is based off of people that we don't even look like. So yeah, I think if we could just, if we could work to dismantle that, I just, I mad, I think about where we would be if we could stop looking at the ideal body as a certain person mm-hmm. and start looking and just stop thinking about the ideal body and thinking about what is ideal to us as an individual. That's so powerful, which really, and it comes back to like, listening and learning and getting out of our people like people are just so in their own head and they've heard this thing for so long and it becomes doctrine like we need to go back and actually re-read real history in this country and i mean so much more than just upending diet culture would come from that that is really powerful and i would love the name of that book if you have it or and i'll we can share it in the links too or the notes for this episode as well because i remember seeing something about that on social media a few months back and just like my mind was like that makes so much sense because 
the BMI is so messed up. It is so backwards and it, it's so, I just, it, I struggle with that. I have for a long time. So I'm really grateful that you brought that to light as well. Yeah. I'll put it in my list of things to do to find it. Perfect. I appreciate that. Awesome. So you kind of talked about like, you know, bodies and BMI and, and body love and body acceptance and that the words like body love and body acceptance, they get thrown around a ton. And, you know, I've heard everything from people saying like, just love your body no matter what, always every day, et cetera, to like, maybe it's not about body love. It's more about just body acceptance. You might not love everything about it every day. Or, you know, I love my body because of the flaws, not in spite of et cetera, et cetera. So where do you fall there? What are your thoughts on body love always? Is it achievable? What do you think? What are your thoughts there? I think I I definitely have heard a lot of, I follow a lot of body positive influencers, which has been huge for me on this journey, seeing other people that look like me that are on the same journey as me. But a lot of them talk about how they're leaning toward body acceptance because of what you said. Like, I, I want to accept my body because I'm not always going to love it. And I definitely agree with that. For me personally, I've, I'm really holding on to like body love because I really do love parts of myself and parts of who I am. Like, and I, I like to lean into, if we're going back to fitness, like leaning into what I, what my body can do and less about what it looks like. And when I think about all the things that my body is capable of, it's pretty stinking amazing. Like I can deadlift an enormous amount of weight. I, if I needed to, I could carry my dog down a hill if she hurt herself. I, I have a horse. I'm able to lead my horse around the barn. I can ride her. I can do some pretty amazing things. If you're a mother, you are capable of literally creation, which is insane. So for me, I like to really lean on to body love because if I think about all the things that I love about my body, it's a long list. So powerful and so profound. And the love isn't just focused on the aesthetic. It's about what we can do. I like chuckled and got chills when you, when you talked about like mothers creating life. Cause it, it is, it's so powerful. And I think we could all use that perspective shift. God, that reminder probably daily, which if you guys aren't following Rachel, you should, because she does, she, she, you share these reminders very frequently and they resonate with me every time I read one. So I just appreciate that you're continually sharing your own journey. Cause you, as you've said, you're on it now. It's not like you're on the other side. I don't know if we ever get to be fully the other side, but you're in it, you're loving your body, you're shifting your focus. And there's so much power in that. Yeah, thank you. So awesome. Okay, so if you were to leave our audience with like, the top three things, the top three tips or two tips or one tip, like maybe it's one thing to start to shift their approach to nutrition first, like, and then we'll do fitness. But like, what's one thing like one kind of takeaway one little note, that if everyone could just internalize it or write it on a sticky note and leave it in their kitchen on their fridge, like, what would be one thing you would want people to st- a place to, to just begin this, this shift? Well, there's so many things to think about, but I think I would go with, think about how old you were when you started some form of dieting and what do you want to tell? For me, it's like a 13 or 14 year old Rachel. Yeah. What do I want to tell that 13 year old Rachel? I think that's super powerful to think about how young you were when that started and what you would want to say to her and how you would want to change that for her. Mm, so powerful because that looking at ourselves as little kids, young adults, it creates space for empathy. And I think oftentimes we, you know, we talk about empathy and having empathy for others, but how often do we pause and actually find that for ourselves? It's a lot easier to have empathy for yourself as a, as a little one. So I really appreciate that. And then what about fitness? Like shifting from fitness as punishment to fitness as coming home? 
I think that question I asked on the Instagram post, if it made no change on your body size, appearance, image, etc., would you be doing the same, engaging in the same form of movement that you are today? And if not, why? Yeah, that's good. Really good. Right on. Well, I think those are some pretty important and <laughs> meaningful points to leave on. So if you guys didn't write those down, do and put them on a sticky note or at least pause to think about them. I think those are incredible questions and a good reminder to have uh, God weekly for so many of us. So on that note, where can people now seek, learn and seek more from you? What are the best places that, for people to find you? And then what are you offering? Um, on Instagram at Rachel Wakely. And like we went over earlier, my last name's W-A-K-L-E-Y. And then my website, rachelwakely.com. At the moment, I do personal training if you live in the Slow County area. And I also, if you're in the Slow County area, do donation-based classes on Sundays at this cute little venue downtown. And I can't wait to get into one of those. We are... I don't know the next Sunday we'll be down there, but we're going to be visiting my husband's mom often. And every time you post videos, I'm like, ah, I want to go. And that little, the, is it pennies? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the penny. Really cool menu. But one day, I, we don't want to live in this area forever. So who knows? Maybe one day I'll be in another place. Come on up to Washington. It's pretty awesome <laughs> up here. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's such a treat to get to chat. I feel like we could... Yeah, I can look forward to seeing you in person again soon and kind of catching up all things life. But this was a good start and a good, good for me, a good filler for now. Everyone go find Rachel. Rachel, thank you for being here. Everyone, thanks for listening. So grateful to have you here. This community is so awesome. And I hope that this, you take some golden nuggets from this one as I did. All right, we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.